Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show that helps you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and as I visited with Dr. Gutstein this week, he reminded me that the age of our children is not what's important. What is important and hopeful is their movement toward growth. Dr. Gutstein continues. Looking at people in terms of their own development and what's benefiting them as a next step in their development, I think. And it also, of course, it influences the way you, you function as a guide or a mind guide, too, and how you have to adapt and make transitions um, in the way you're thinking about your guiding relationship based on those needs. And um, so, you know, it impacts it, it, you know, if you think about it, it there's two levels going on. One is the um, progression, the development of the guiding relationship. First of all, forming a guiding relationship, an initial guiding relationship around um, sort of a meeting of actions, you know, in, in terms of our bodies and our actions in the world and how we can, how we meet them together and how through your guidance, I learn to become more competent. I learn to feel more of a sense of agency in, in my personal life, in my personal experience with the world, and in my interpersonal experience. And then we move to a second level, which is sort of a meeting of minds, or a meeting really around um, our perceptions of the world, right? We talk about joint attention. So we move from the bodies or actions, and, and the guide's focus is around you know, helping that child recognize that they can coordinate themselves in their own actions or actions with others. And then the next step is, right, uh, how we meet together around our shared experience of what we see in the world, what we hear in the world, right, out there. And, and then we move and make a transition to the next step, which is a meeting of minds, which is that even though we're doing some activity or you know, some action out in the world, what our encounter is really about is what's going on in here. So that's one one developmental transition that can't be rushed in terms of age, right? There has to be a, a developmental progression. Along with that, of course, is the progression in terms of the child taking more initiative and becoming someone who is themselves driven by that motivation for growth and for challenge, and who brings that into the relationship. But so that's on one level is the development of, the, of, of what we call the mind-guiding relationship. And then as you point out, the other is how, we, how it's really important to focus on providing opportunities for each of our students or children of any age to develop in a way that makes sense for them rather than in a way that compares them to someone of the same age or any age, and understanding that development requires a, pro- a progression, a series of many, many different steps, and it's not linear, you know? If there's, there are a number of things that have to be going on together and develop together and then come together from different areas, um, and that may have to do with remembering, it had to do with being aware of your emotions and being present to your feelings, maybe with your rec- being able to recollect, it may be working memory, the ability to hold on to something. It's your motivations, your habits. It's um, there's so many different areas that have to start coming together 
to build up each of those next developmental steps. And so just to say, this person is this age, so we should be doing this, really makes absolutely no sense, does it? Because it neglects the fact that they may or may not be ready. And, and if we push them into that place, then they never, they never develop the readiness to move on, to continue to develop. And I think that's the real shame, you know, we talked about it the other day, the real shame we see in the autism community is that when I look at, when I've reviewed the articles, and it's so interesting when I read the articles on whether it's theory or intervention, there isn't a single article that talks about developmental progression. When you look at all the intervention papers, all the papers on here's how you should work with a person around this skill or this ability or this ability, they take a group of people who might have a similar age or might not, but let's say they have a similar age with no no regard at all for their developmental readiness for what they're trying to provide for that person. No regard for whether any of the prior foundations are in place, whether what you know what's really needed for that, whatever they're trying to achieve to be situated into the real world for that person. They don't look at the motivation, they don't look at building the habits. None of those things, there's no, no, it's like development doesn't exist. It's like you can take a group of people and just no matter what their readiness or whatever, just throw something at them and for a few weeks or a few months, whatever, and expect to get results. And what a very bad way to treat people, especially children. Um, you know, we never do that with something like reading. We think about someone, you know, we always think about building the motivation. If you're, if you're doing a good job reading, if you listen to the experts, you have to build the motivation to read. You have to build the language system behind reading. You have to build the um, monitoring function of reading, which is checking on your comprehension. You have to build the decoding, the visual perceptual pieces. Um, and then you have to build each of those so they meet together. And you have to do it at, at different levels where you keep increasing each one, right? And sometimes you're focusing more on one the other, but you're moving and you're never comparing it to the rest of the world. You're comparing it only to that own person and their progress developmentally towards the goal, which is, of course, proficiency in reading. And it, it, it's in autism, unfortunately, we have failed miserably, I think, to, to address development and, uh, and the needs of the, the real developmental needs of, of our population, regardless of their age, you know? Um, if somebody's 21, we assume that they're ready to go out in the work world, so we give them job coaching. Well, <laughs> because of their age. Or we assume they're gonna have, you know, job interviewing skills or what they need or something. And that's the way that the work goes on. There is no attempt to say, well, what does this person need? How do we develop that, even if it takes a number of years to be ready so they can do it, right? How do we build a foundation so they can be autonomous, right? So we can build on whatever they're doing and continue to develop. How do we give people the opportunity to move into a developmental pathway? I think that's the key. There's absolutely no, no emphasis on, on having a developmental pathway, right? And I don't know how you can do any kind of work with a child or an adult without considering that. Even as an adult psychotherapist, which I've been for many years, I'm always thinking about the readiness of this particular person. For what's the next step for them? What are the issues that they have to be bringing to bear 
to move to that next step? What is their readiness? Um, and I don't think about them being a 43-year-old person or a 63-year-old person or a 38-year-old person. <laughs> or, you know, although I will tell you, though, that in, in our modern psychiatric intervention, we're falling victim to the same thing. If you look at the interventions like cognitive therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and I've seen casualties of those, um, it's like one size fits all. It's as if, if you have depression, everybody's depression is the same depression, and you have the same needs as the next person who has the same, you know, that depression. And you have the same resources that are available to you or not, or the same limitations. It's, it's, it's the way, unfortunately, I think that, that things have gone on in the, um, especially in the mental health world. Um, but I think the worst, most blatant example of it is in the, in the area of autism where we're dealing with children a lot, a lot of the time. And we're just throwing in, you know, the, the only interventions I see are just giving them one size fits all treatments or, or things to do or whatever. And assuming somehow that that makes sense, you know, I don't, I don't understand it, but it doesn't change. You know, I keep looking at the literature day after day because I get updates on all the, all the autism literature that comes out, pretty much everything. And it's actually getting worse. It's not getting better. Um, so, well, and, and I want to go back to what you said because I think it's such a really incredibly important part. Two things: first, your emphasis that these are these are children. In some cases, I would consider them babies when they're two years old and eighteen months old, and 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 in the stress on them. Uh, if we're not very careful, how we work with them and then also that we can put them in positions where they cannot where it's devastating for them and then we wonder why we see these these breakdowns you know and and there, there are many ways you can approach this but certainly one of them is that is there's no sense that how important it is to develop the intrinsic motivations that don't just appear out of nowhere. They have to be developed through success, through gradual progression, right? Whether that's you know the motivation for challenge, the motivation for increased relatedness, for increased agency, um, you know, the motivation to want to reflect uh, and or to look into the future and plan, prepare. All those things don't just come about, right? And there's a complete neglect in, in any of the autism community on how we, you know, and addressing that on saying we have to, that's part of the foundations that we have to develop. You know, before you worry about skill, you have to worry about those intrinsic drives to maintain them, right? And of course you have to worry about the, the, the uh, habits that also um, you, you want to develop so that you continue to so do them. Um, but man, again, that, 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 that's such, there's such a, um, I don't know what to say, but it's it's a very one-dimensional, I guess, uh, a, a viewpoint. The reason that parents, one of the reasons that parents make such good guides when they're working is that they get to do what we call what I call bookmarking. They get when you have a regular relationship with someone, you know, if you're if you're mindful, if you start to become aware of it, then each time you rejoin them, if you stop to reflect afterwards, you have you can have a sense of where we left off, right? 
it was just, okay, we got up to here. <laughs> and now what would be a good next step? Or we're struggling with this. Maybe we need to take a step back. But you continually start getting that little update of a regular relationship, right? And of course, the, the child is getting that as well. And that sense of continuity in a relationship that we don't just come out of nowhere. Like we see somebody an hour a week, or two hours a week, whatever, or they just come in and do a program with you. There is none of that sense of, of where are we? Where, where, are we, where are we moving? Where have we come from? Where do we, where, where do we go up to? Like we put a bookmark in a book and you go back and say, oh yeah, we're up to here. Oh yeah, let's, now we can move on to this. Or now we need to go back and reread the few pages because we had trouble here. And you, and, you, and you get that sense of moving on. That's why I think parents, people have a regular relationship, a daily relationship, with their child are, are critical in this because they can maintain that on, on a number of levels. I said one is to be sort of aware of it. One is to, to provide that sense of continuity for the child as well, that we're not just jumping around, that we can make sense of where we've been, that I can remind you of where we've been. So you can say, you can walk into the next one and say, oh yeah, here's where we did. We were able to do this and now we're just taking a little step more, right? And so it's not, it's not coming out of nowhere. Now we're ready for this. Now we're at this. So we continue to have that continuity. Uh, so on so many levels, you know, the, these, uh, these clinical issues are just neglected in this field. It's, it's, it's a non-clinical field. You look at the interventions, and it's like there's nobody who has had clinical training. It's like there's nobody who's had clinical training doing them. It's like people who just had techniques or right, some workbooks that they've been given. And they don't have any understanding of how you help somebody to develop, right? And to move into it, as I say, a developmental pathway that is a lifelong pathway of growth. And development. It seems to be, it's very odd, isn't it? And I think, you know, in RDI, that's one of the things that we need to be clear about is that we, we, we do offer that. Um, we, we believe that that's critical. Um, and, and that becomes a mindset for everyone involved, parents, professionals, and, and by the way, for the children as well, to feel like they don't have to, they, they can become aware of their own momentum, their own progress, even if they're not yet caught up, or even if they're not yet at the same level, that they can look back and we can start helping them with that and see how they're growing, how they're moving and developing, and start to become aware of their, uh, of evaluating themselves, of judging their own progress based on themselves and their own movement, right? Which, ha which you have to work extra hard at because our society doesn't do that, doesn't provide that for them. And so, you know, the danger is they never see themselves, they never see that or they lose sight of that. They only see where they are compared to somebody who they're supposed to be, in quotes, supposed to be, right? Similar to, right? You know, I've always said, one of the things I've said for years is that um, this idea of, of develop, you know, age, age uh, matching or com age comparisons is really ridiculous uh, because when you think about somebody who's 25, um, who is going to know that they're only operating on a 22-year-old level or 35? But, the, you know, but they're only operating at, they're 35, but they're operating on a 28-year-old level. Who is going to care? How does that make any sense? Right? It's a completely artificial distinction or, or, or way of comparison that we have cooked up because it, it's simpler. It means we don't have to think. It means you know, we don't have to use our minds as much. So we say, you're supposed to be like this because you're this age. <laughs> right? Or this it doesn't person. make any sense. And I want to say that I think 
for parents, your message is so hopeful because they don't have to compare their children to other children who are six or 20 or 30 or whatever. They are only looking at their child. I think it's really a message of hope for them. Right. And thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.